Hey, hey everyone. Uh, it's Cole from the Biological Tragedies podcast. Um, this episode was recorded about two weeks ago, and I haven't been able to up, uh, like, uh, edit it down for listening purposes until today because I've been having trouble with my computer. So um, I just wanted to clarify that to you guys, you know, if you were wondering why it took so long. And also, um, the episodes are being rescheduled to Thursday because that's just a more convenient day for Nathan and I. And yeah, that's really all the news updating that I think you guys need. Yeah. Hope you enjoy this one. This one's about Greek mythology and it's mostly Nathan. It's actually pretty awesome. Now that recording. Hurt that hurt my ear. <laughs> it does like a little bit of ear rape sometimes. Indeed. But anyway, Welcome, everybody, to the somewhat weekly Biological Tragedies podcast. Let's just say it's bi-weekly so people aren't disappointed in us. <laughs> people already are, no matter what we say. <laughs> yes, yes, all right, so how is everybody? Wait, we can't hear you. All right, Cole, what's, to, what's this week's topic? <laughs> Fucking mythology. So this is my time to shine. All right. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be one of the last times I speak throughout this whole podcast because this is something that Nathan <laughs> can just splurt words out of his mouth about. <laughs> You're darn right. All right. Yeah, I'm depressed anyway. I'm not feeling talkative. You do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll occasionally ask how you feel about certain things. But other than that, I suppose that this is my time to shine, so let us start. So, Cole, what do you see in the chat? What do you see the first thing is going to be? Um, I will Earth of you, Earth. Yes, I will let you introduce the things that I typed out in chat. So, the birth of the Earth. In the beginning. By the way, not part of the story, obviously, but... I'm actually outside right now because of uh, reasons. So if there are any cars that are absurdly loud, I'm sorry. And just know those dudes are named Chad and their dicks are like two inches long at most. But anyway. Dude, Chads have giant dicks. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, okay. <laughs> their names, names are like... Earl. That's a small dick name. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, back to what I was saying. In the beginning, there was nothing. Chaos. Many people attribute the word chaos to negative energy. But it only means without order. Nothingness. That's exactly what the primordial chaos was. And then from nothing, something. Because logic. From chaos came Gaia, Mother Earth. And she wanted nothing more than to be a mother. And so, by herself, she somehow created... She somehow created the sky, Yornos. I can hear geese. Nice. But anyway, this is where it gets a little weird. I hope you all know that Greek mythology is filled with an absurd amount of incest. Because it's it's true. <laughs> it's almost scary. But incest is okay for the gods because they do not have DNA. 
so it's fine for that. <laughs> no incest for humans. I'm talking to you, Alabama. So, Gaia gave birth to Uranus all by herself. And then they mated many times. And first, the first children that they had were three mighty creatures named the Hecatonkeries. And these creatures were a little bit of an abomination. Each one of them had 50 heads and 100 arms. Two legs, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine that's not the most pleasant thing to look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Yornos absolutely despised these creatures. Number one, they were an abomination, honestly. Number two, Uranus was afraid because in the time between his creation and the birth of the Hecatonkeries, he became leader of the universe, more or less. And he was afraid of anyone dethroning him. And so he took the Hecatonkeries and he locked them in the deepest, darkest abyss on Earth. Tartarus. Gaia's womb, <sighs> and I cannot tell you how much Gaia hated this, because A, just imagine having those creatures shoved back into your womb and having them stay there, and number two, she did not want her children to suffer like that. And so this was the beginning of her resentment for Yarnos, and thus some time passed, Yarnos impregnated Gaia once again, and this time, the Cyclopes were born. There are multiple generations of Cyclopes, the most famous one being Polyphemus from, from Homer's Odyssey, the one that Odysseus stabs with a, stabs in the eye with a giant wooden stake, but he wasn't one of the first Cyclopes. There were only three in the beginning, three Hecatonkeries and three Cyclopes. So, he also hated these, <laughs> of course, because again, fear of being overthrown, and they were a little ugly. They, they got it better than they did with the Hecatonkeries, I'll, I'll give them that, but they were still a little bit atrocious to look at. And so, he also locked them in Tartarus. Lovely. Great dad, am I right, Cole? <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful father. <laughs> yes, yes. And then Gaia's regret regret really. Gaia's resentment grew more. As her now six children as her now six children cried to get out of the womb once more. And so, after some time passed, once more, Yoranos and Gaia met mated, and their third wave of children came. These were the Titans. Now, Yoranos also hated the Titans, but they looked the less, they looked the least atrocious out of the bunch, and so Gaia, with some convincing, she convinced Yoranos to not lock them she convinced Yornos to not lock them in Tartarus with the other children. 
I just saw my shadow and I thought it was another person. <laughs> oh, Ooh. damn cars. <laughs> Scaring me like that. All right, continuing. Now, the, the Titans knew that Gaia hated their father. They hated their father. And out of these was the Titan Kronos. He's probably the most famous Titan. He's the one that everyone knows. A man. <laughs> he also swallowed his children, Cole. Not a great dad. We'll get to that. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so There are no good dads in these stories, are there? Fuck. Eh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> And so Gaia devised a plan with Kronos because out of the original Titan, he was the bravest and the most skilled in being a warrior. So Gaia and Gaia and Kronos devised a plan. And it was uh, not a great plan for Uranus. <laughs> he was not going to have a good time when the plan was enacted. And so, one night, when Euronos and Gaia came to, came to mate once more, Gaia was all loving. She was her loving self, and she was like, Ah, yes, Euronos, give me more children to lock away in my tummy. Well, Euronos, <laughs> I'll be I'm here I'm sorry, all just the way you said that. I'll be here all week. I'm hilarious, I know. Euronos fell for it. He let his guard down. And alas, he began to advance on Gaia. Now, he was so driven by his sexual energy that he did not notice that Gaia was wrapping him in the bedsheets very tightly to where he could not move. And by the time he noticed, it was too late. And so... Yornos was wrapped in bedsheets at the mercy of Gaia. And then Kronos came out of the corner where he was hiding with his scythe. And with Yornos trapped, he could do nothing as Kronos took his genitals and sliced them. Oh! <laughs> yes. That must have been very uncomfortable. Yes. Kronos, with his scythe, castrated Yornos. And, obviously, when you castrate someone without proper medical care, um, they're gonna die. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly a... It's not exactly a great way to go. It's not exactly a way oh, to live. So our boy, our boy Yarnos, died of castration. <laughs> yes, he was castrated and he began to bleed. He fell in pain. Because by this point, the intense, the intense uh, jolting of him made the bedsheets loosen and he fell. Kneeling, howling in pain, the entire sky turned red because Gaia was Mother Earth and Yoranos was Father Sky. The entire sky turned red, the clouds rained blood. <laughs> Raining blood. Slayer. Anyway, and so his reign of tyranny was over, but with his last breath, he cursed his son. 
he told him that one day he would meet a similar fate to his son. One of his children would rise above him and dethrone him. And so he died. Kronos looked over at Gaia, and Gaia, with fear in her eyes, she nodded because she knew that it was true. She knew that the curse that Yoranos had put on poor Kronos would come true one day. And so, fast forward quite a long time, and Kronos mates with one of his titan sisters, Rhea. Incest! Is Winsest. Oh, if only Win were here. Alright, continuing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kronos and Rhea mated, and their firstborn, they did not have all six children at once. Their firstborn was Hestia, goddess of the hearth. This is where we get into the birth of the Olympians. Their firstborn was the goddess of the hearth, Hestia. Rhea held her in her arms, overwhelmed by how beautiful the daughter was. And then Kronos was like, yoink, swallow. <laughs> and, Rhea was like, and Rhea was very clearly distraught. She was not a fan of what had just happened. <laughs> I'd imagine she wasn't a fan of that. Uh, <laughs> that yes, time. Yes. yes, yes. And so Kronos reminded her of the curse that Yoranos had placed on him. And thus, they mated four more times. I, I don't remember the birth order, but the next children were Demeter, Hera, Poseidon, and Hades. And, one by one, they were swallowed by the mighty Kronos. Well, they mated once more. And from this union, Zeus would be born. But, before Kronos came to collect Zeus to eat him, Rhea, Rhea devised a plan. As she gave birth to Zeus, she grabbed a rock about the size of a baby. And once Zeus was born, she hid him in a cave. I, I don't remember the name of the cave or where the cave was, but she hid him in a cave and she wrapped the rock in, you know, the baby, the baby blankets. She wrapped the rock in those blankets and not a moment too soon, not a moment too late. Kronos arrived, and she offered him the rock. And Kronos, desperate to keep his place of power, he fell for the rock, and he swallowed it, leaving old Or Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, the ultimate god. <laughs> I hate you. He rules over Olympus, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, I, I suck. Why do I exist? Cease talking. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, as I was saying. And so, it was not Rhea that raised young Zeus. Rather, it was some of the creatures in the cave. I believe they were Dirads, but I could be mistaken. Now. 
Once Zeus was fully grown and ready to take on Kronos, by this point Kronos had become just like his father, tyrannical, overbearing, and generally just a big me. Nobody liked it at all. And so, Zeus was ready. He devised a plan with the ones that raised him. And it was a little genius, I will not lie. What happened is, he disguised himself as a cupbearer. And he went to the place where Kronos often went to drink. Disguised as the cupbearer, he asked his father, unknowing that it was his son, he asked, what would you like to drink, mighty Kronos? And so, Kronos said what he desired, and as Zeus was making it, he poured in some, uh, he poured in poison. Well, we'll say that, because I can't remember exactly what he poured in. But he poured in poison. This would not kill Kronos. Because he can't really kill an immortal yet now. So, Kronos drank the, drank the drink. And he began to feel, feel very, very ill. Well, he became so ill that he threw up all over the place. And... He well, threw... I have a guess. I have a guess as to what's about to happen. What would that be? Bet he's going to throw up all of his kids. Yep, he threw up all of his kids, and they had not been harmed by stomach acid or anything. They just lived. Well, I mean, they're gods, so. <laughs> yeah, they just lived in his stomach. <laughs> I bet they took That must back. have been an interesting phase of their life. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe that's why they're all, uh, clearly a little traumatized. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. tra trauma tends to make you a little angry at times. Anyway, all the other five children were spat up. And together, Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, Hera, Demeter, and Hestia, they defied Kronos. But Kronos was not about to back down that easily. And thus, the Titanomachy, the war between the gods and the titans, the ten-year war began. For ten long years, they waged war, always meeting stalemates, never resting, never, never failing. They couldn't, neither of them could really beat each other. Now, in the final phases of the war, Zeus had quite a brilliant idea. He retreated. Well, he didn't retreat without reason. He retreated and went to Gaia. And more specifically, he went to Tartarus. And he freed the Hecatonchires and the Cyclopes. And this would prove very resourceful, very useful for the gods. Thankful for being released by mighty Zeus. The Hecatonchires agreed to fight in the war with them. And even though there were only three, 
they would prove very effective in pushing back the enemy lines. Because, I mean, you have to be pretty big to have 50 arms. <laughs> and their hands were massive. They could pick up mountains, and they did. They picked up mountains, ripped them from the ground, and threw them at the titans during the battles, pushing them back. Ow. And the Cyclopes, their aid was making their mighty weapons. For Zeus, they made the lightning bolt. And Thunderbolt, by extension. For Poseidon, they made his mighty trident. And for Hades, they made the Helm of Darkness. Some call it the Helm of Darkness, some call it the Helm of Terror. Either works. And I should probably clarify, Zeus's thunder and lightning bolts do obvious things. Poseidon's trident does obvious things, but what you might not know is that Poseidon's also the god of earthquakes, not just the god of the sea. So whenever there's an earthquake, it's Poseidon striking his trident into the ground because he's having a bad day. <laughs> gotcha. And the Helm of Darkness, that's what I prefer to call it, it turned its wearer invisible. Hmm, okay. Yes, it turned its wearer invisible, quite fitting for Hades. And so, with this power and these weapons, they were able to defeat the Titans. And then, as punishment, they locked all of the Titans in Tartarus. Except for Atlas. They made him carry the world, but that's a story for another day. Oh, and also, um, even though these were tyrannical Titans... Gaia was still angry at them locking her children back in her womb, so she unleashed the giants in an attempt to kill the gods. That was an entire another war, but that's an, also another story for another day. Now, once the titans were locked away, as well as the giants were locked away, that is when they began to rule over the world. Now, Zeus not wanting to be tyrannical like his father, he decided to split the power between him and his siblings. Zeus, he got the thunder and lightning bolt, and his domain was the sky. Poseidon got the sea, and Hades got the underworld. Is my favorite. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. And Hera became the goddess of marriage, Hestia became god of the hearth, and Demeter became goddess of the harvest and agriculture. You, there was hardly a moment where you could see her without a thing of wheat in her hands. There was also Jaquavius the rap god, who you barely saw without a bit of wheat in his hands, but that's also another story. <laughs> Jaquavius the rap god? Yes. Come on, man. You can't be coming out of left field with that shit, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know that's my style of humor. Left field. <laughs> yeah, you're never on the right field. You're always on the left field. <laughs> anyway, continuing. And so, these were the original six Olympians. Now, you're probably wondering. Nathan and Cole, even though you're not talking a lot. What about the other six? And who's Hestia? Well, 
We're getting to those. Be patient. So, I will first begin with the birth of Artemis and Apollo. Zeus married Hera, his sister, more incest. But, uh, Zeus was very horny. <laughs> Didn't really mate with Hera all that much. Opted to mate with others. And this first consort was with the Titaness. It's either Leto or Leto, but I'm going with Leto. And from the union of Zeus and Leto, the twin archers Apollo and Artemis were conceived. But... Hera was justifiably pissed. Because <laughs> she's like, bro, I'm your wife. Also your sister, but your wife. Why aren't you mating with me? You're mating with others? <sighs> Send a dragon in Leto's way. I don't like her. I mean, I get it. <laughs> and when I say dragon, the dragons of Greek mythology didn't have wings and they didn't breathe fire. They were... They were called Dragons, actually. And this specific one, this specific one was called Python. This is where we get the term Python from. Now, Python chased Leto, leaving her unable to give birth to Artemis, who would be the firstborn. But it was on the island of Delos. The island of Delos, where she finally found a very sturdy olive tree, I believe it was. Whether it was an olive tree or not, doesn't matter. It was a tree. Sturdy enough to hold the Titaness so that she could give birth to Artemis. Now, four days passed by, and Artemis was basically an adult now. And... She helped Leto give birth to her baby brother, Apollo. And thus the twin archers were born. But this was not the end of them. Python found Leto. And they ran, and they ran, and they ran. Four days later, they ended up in the Greek city of Delphi. And by this point, it had been four days, Apollo had grown to adulthood, just like his older sister, Artemis. And he was not a fan of the fact that a python was chasing their mother. So he was like, yeet. And so he took his bow and arrow, because they were both born with bow and arrows, because logic. He took his bow and arrow, and he chased Python to a cave in Delphi, and he slew the mighty Python. Slayed? Slew? Slew? I don't know. Whatever. He killed Python. <laughs> I'm not good with words. Neither am I, don't worry. And so, Python was slayed, Leto was safe, and the twin archers were born. And... With their defeat of Python, because Artemis also helped. She's mainly the one that lured Python to the cave, actually, where Apollo hid and slayed Python. And so they were made into the, into the seventh and eighth god of Olympus. Now, the birth of Ares. This is hardly a story, because this is one of few children that was actually a result of Zeus and Hera mating. <laughs> 
Yeah, one of few. Um, so Ares was born, and he was made the god of war. Um, there's that. <laughs> Kratos then fucking killed him, and he became the god of war. <clears throat> and then he killed almost all of Olympus. But <laughs> that's video game lore. That's not actual mythology for anybody that's not of God of War. Not a fan of God of War, you should explode. <clears throat> Fun fact, actually, there was a god named Kratos. He was a minor god, and there was a time where Zeus was so tired of Ares' crap that he threatened to make Kratos the god of war. That's actually where the inspiration for that series came from. Holy shit, that's cool. I know. Uh, god of war directors are geniuses. Yes. That truck just pulled up next to me very slowly. I don't like that. Go away. Ethan Finna gets sexually assaulted because of all that cake. <laughs> I do be kind of caked up, though, not gonna lie. But anyway. Yeah, you do be kind of thick, though. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm sorry. Keep going. Continuing. And so I will... I suppose I will focus on Athena next. The birth of Athena... Now, Zeus once again mated with someone that wasn't Hera, but Hera did not find out about this one, actually, at least not until Athena was born. Now, Zeus mated with the titaness Metis. From Metis, he had two children, a male and a female Athena. I cannot remember the boy's name right now. And it doesn't really matter, because... The night after they mated, Kronos came to Zeus in a dream and said that the next son that was born, they would overthrow him. That would be the end of his reign. And he was like, ha ha, no. And so he kind of reached his hand up Metis, ripped the two babies out, and swallowed them. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, God! Oh. No, wait a minute. No, my bad. He literally swallowed Metis. <laughs> no, what the fuck? Because <laughs> she was still pregnant. Well, I suppose that Metis and the boy just kind of died. Either that or they're forever dormant inside of Zeus. Imagine how much that would suck. <laughs> but it was the female fetus that for some totally logical reason went from Zeus's stomach to his forehead. How do I put this? One day Zeus got a splitting headache so bad that he felt like his head was exploding. And so Hephaestus, which is another god that I will be going into detail of, Hephaestus took an axe because Zeus asked him to do this, Hephaestus took an axe and kind of just chopped him to Zeus's skull. <laughs> Holy shit, and that's metal as fuck. I know! And so, from this crevice, Athena sprouted from his head. She was already fully grown, dressed in full battle armor with a spear and a shield, and she screamed. She just bellowed so loudly and so fearsomely that it shook Gaia. <laughs> everyone, everyone was terrified. 
<laughs> I imagine, yes. <laughs> Everyone was terrified, and so Zeus was like, <laughs> yeah, you're a goddess. And thus, Athena became the goddess of war, but more so the strategic wisdom side of war. Ares was the side of war of, you know, bloodshed, chaos, revenge, violence. Whereas Athena was the strategist. The next god I will focus on, the next Olympian, is Hephaestus. Just mentioned him, might as well segue into him. Hephaestus, um, was born of a jealous fit from Hera. She was like, you know what, I am tired of Zeus cheating. I'm going to make a baby more beautiful than any baby he's ever had, and he's going to be jealous. And so Hera, because gods can do this apparently, she created Hephaestus with her mind, and thus Hephaestus was born. By the way, Hephaestus is Hephaestus, but Hephaestus is the more Greek pronunciation, so that's why I say it. Hephaestus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hephaestus was born, and, um, the plan kind of backfired on Hera, because Hephaestus was a little ugly. <laughs> his head was misshapen, his leg was, one of his legs was crippled, one of his shoulders slouched, and so Hera was like, ah, ha, ha, no, and she literally yeeted him off of Mount Olympus. <laughs> I guess when you will something into an existence... Sometimes it'll be kind of tragedy. Yeah. A logical tragedy. Hey, maybe that means we are the sons of gods because we're tragedies. Anyway, so Hephaestus was yeeted from Mount Olympus, but that wasn't about to kill Hephaestus because, I mean, he was a god, so... <laughs> he survived the fall, and he became a master forge worker under the aid of whoever parented him. Yeah, and then he grew up and he returned to Mount Olympus and Hero was like, bruh, what? And so... Is he less hideous when he grew up? More or less the same. <laughs> oh, oof. Or Hephaestus. Yeah, so Hephaestus returned. Hero was like, bro, how? <laughs> And she was like, wait, 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 no, 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 I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, um, I love you, um, here, have Aphrodite, this is your wife now. <laughs> I mean, okay, decent deal, I guess. <laughs> I mean, did you really think, do you really think that Aphrodite would remain loyal? No, she cheats on him multiple times, mainly with Ares. Not my favorite goddess. <laughs> well, she's one of my favorites, if you know what I mean. God damn it. <laughs> Alright, anyway, so Hephaestus got Aphrodite's hand in unfaithful marriage, and he also got the forges of Olympus where he would make wondrous metals, armors, and weapons. Which reminds me, I never told the birth of Aphrodite. Um. Let's jump back a little bit. By a little bit, I mean let's jump back to when Kronos castrated Uranus. He yeeted Uranus's genitals into the sea. And from the sea, um, the genitals and the sea sort of mixed together, created a bunch of sea foam, 
and Aphrodite was born from that. So, <laughs> huh? So Aphrodite was born from castration. That's lovely. Cool. I guess that explains why she's the goddess of like sexuality. But anyway, let's see who have I covered. Ah, yes, Hermes. This is an interesting story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell, actually, because it's just so funny that Hermes did all of this when he was less than a day old. <laughs> so, Zeus, once more, had a child with yet another, yet another um, tightness that was not Hera. <laughs> yeah. So really likes them tightnesses, man. He really does. You'd think he'd hate them after he banished them to Tartarus. I guess he didn't banish all of them. Some of them didn't participate in the war, and that's why he didn't lock all of them away, I suppose. And I guess he needed a penis wallet, a few extra penis wallets. Quite a horny fellow, that, that Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> he mated with the tightness. Maya, and from this union, Hermes was born. But to escape the wrath of Hera before she find, found out of the illegitimate child, Medus retreated to another mountain on a farther side of Greece, and that's where she gave birth to Hermes, the messenger god, god of anyone who uses the roads, merchants, traders, thieves, beggars, travelers, just people who used the roads, really. And so, Hermes was born. And so, after a day of existing, um, Hermes stumbled. He, he walked from the cave. He was still a newborn. He wasn't quite grown up. He was still a newborn after only a day, obviously. And he stumbled across the cattle of Apollo. And he was like, heh heh. I'm going to prank this guy, because Apollo wasn't around. Hermes is also the trickster god. He made a special pair of shoes out of dirt. That way he wouldn't leave any footprints. He opened the cattle's gate, and he led the cattle from one side of Greece to the other. <laughs> and only one, only one man saw him. But Hermes also being the god of speed, he sped towards the man real quick, got right in his face, and he was like, If you tell anyone what you saw, I will come back and I will exact the deepest, darkest revenge upon you. <laughs> Hermes. Hermes is one drifting individual. Shit. <laughs> I don't think he actually threatened revenge. He, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> He probably just walked up and he was like, I'm a god. Bye. And then he walked off. And so Apollo went to his cattle ranch, but of course the cattle were not there. And Apollo was like, huh? What now? Heck. And so Apollo did not see any footprints because Hermes made the shoes for both himself and the cattle. Forgot to mention that. And so Apollo was like, heck. And so, Apollo being the god of foresight, he was able to locate where his cattle were, and he followed the trail of the cattle, well, the metaphorical trail, 
And the man that saw Hermes told Apollo of where the cattle were. And so he was like, oh, interesting. And so he went to the... He got his cattle, he herded them back to his ranch. And then he went to the cave where Maya and Hermes lay. And Apollo was like, so it's you who stole my cattle. Yeah, what about it? What a little shit, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And so Apollo started to get angry, but in the time that it took her, or in the time between Hermes returning to the cave and Apollo getting to the cave, Hermes created the lyre, the musical instrument, and that's why one of Apollo's symbols is the lyre. Hermes was like, hey, I stole your cattle, I know, and I'm not sorry, but here's this. And he gave Apollo the lyre <laughs> as sort of a, an apology, even though Hermes wasn't sorry in the slightest. <laughs> or have an instrument. And so Apollo took the lyre and he strummed it, and it was so beautiful, so heavenly, that all of Apollo's anger went away. Apollo, he asked Hermes, You both frighten and intrigue me. Who are you? And then Hermes revealed himself as yet another one of Zeus's illegitimate children. And without hesitation, Hermes said something to the effect of, I am your brother, the son of Zeus, and the 11th Olympian god. And Apollo was like, well, you're ballsy. Come on, let's go back to Mount Olympus. (laughs) And so, they went back to Mount Olympus, um, and so that is how Hermes became one of the gods of Olympus. Now, who else do I have left? Dionysos, otherwise known as Dionysus. (laughs) Sus. We both had the same thought. (laughs) We on that same wavelength, bruh. (laughs) Anyway. So Dionysos was born between Zeus and a mortal woman named Selene. Selene or Selene, I'm going to say Selene. Now, I don't, truth be told, this is yet another story that slips my head. I'm really slacking today on the knowledge. So Dionysos was born a demigod, but... His main power didn't lie in battle, or defense, or anything war-related, battle-related, unlike that of Hercules, Theseus, Perseus, all the great demigods of legend that we know. And so Dionysus' main talent was wine-brewing. He was unnaturally talented at it. And so... I can't remember what he did, because again, the story eludes me because I suck. But Dionysus was made a god by Zeus. But then, by this point, there there were 12 Olympians. Now this is where Hestia comes in. There was Zeus, Poseidon, Demeter, Athena, Ares, Hestia... I'm not going to name all 12 Olympians. I'll stutter on the last one, because I always forget the last one, no matter what order I do it in. So, there were 12, and there couldn't be 13, or else there'd be no balance. Well, 
And by the way, Hades is not considered an Olympian god, even though he's one of the big three, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Because he lives in the underworld, so he's not considered an Olympian. So Zeus brought Dionysus to Mount Mount Olympus, and the gods were like, yo, Zeus, what have you done? Now there's imbalance. What are we going to (laughs) do? And so... Hestia, being the goddess of the hearth, she was by far the most peaceful of the gods. She never started any wars. She was one of the virgin goddesses, along with Athena and Artemis. She never caused any trouble. She was always just tending the hearth. And so Hestia, she said to the Olympian gods, Sometimes you have to know when to retreat and step down rather than fight. And so she stepped down from her throne and she gave it to Dionysus. Now, of course, this wasn't the a-perfect solution. There was no perfect solution because had they had Hestia not stepped down, there could have been a, there could have been a civil war between the gods because why not? (laughs) But with Hestia stepping down, it created an imbalance between the gods because at first with Hestia, at first with Hestia, there were six gods and six goddesses. But with Dionysus, there were seven gods and five goddesses. But those were really the only two options, either a civil war or a slight imbalance. And so Hestia stepped down, and she became solely the goddess of the hearth and the home, really. And then Dionysus rose to the throne, and there you have it. That is the birth of the universe and the birth of the Olympians and their rise to power. Of course, I simplified quite a couple things because I don't want to be here for four hours. But, simplified version... That's the story of how the Olympians rose. So, what do you think, Cole? It was thrilling. <laughs> what would you say were the highlights of the story? Pick three. Highlights. Um, the the balls snipping from Kronos. That was quite was quite a moment. <laughs> yeah. I bet that hurt. Well, uh, I bet he didn't like it. But then again, we can't really yeah. ask him, can we? Not really. Um, obviously, the war between the the gods and the and the titans was pretty badass. I enjoyed that, and the strategy that old Zeus went for was really fucking cool. Oh, you know, getting the Hecatonchires yeah. and the Cyclopes is like shit. Pretty fucking cool, dude. Yeah, dude, that's smart on his end, really. And uh, pranking Apollo, I th- I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> Hermes is one ballsy motherfucker, and I enjoy that. He really is. The highlights for me are the theft of Apollo's cattle and Hermes. Because, again, I just I just love how ballsy Hermes is and how much of a little chat yes. he was. <laughs> Birth of Hermes. Um, I really... <laughs> The fact the fact that Aphrodite was born from a mixture of balls and the sea cracks me up. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Water balls. Yeah. 
and also just the fact that Zeus pranked his Zeus pranked his father twice. First, he pranked into well, it wasn't really him that did the prank, but Kronos thought he swallowed Zeus when in reality he didn't, and then he tricked him again with the quote-unquote wine. <laughs> I think, I guess those are my favorite moments, even though I love everything because I am a little bit obsessed with mythology. If I do say so myself, I wouldn't say a little obsessed is the way to say it. But, whatever. Yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Nathan episode. <laughs> More or this less. is the most you will yeah. ever hear him I mean... talk in the span of an hour. <laughs> yeah, and if we ever have more mythology-based episodes, then I'll definitely be talking the most. Because we we could definitely have more mythology episodes, because there are so many epic tales I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, Like four or five more episodes down the line, we will have Mythology 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> myself uh of course i hate you too <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is what true brotherly uh, love is hate hating each other hating each other yes <laughs> all right well do you have anything else to add any questions comments concerns ew i sound like a teacher ew i'd like to add something completely left field to this it's nothing to do with mythology oh boy has something to do with uh, something that I experienced today. Uh, very simple statement. Oh. You can believe yeah. anything you want to. That kind of links to mythology. No, what the fuck ever. You anything you want to. Bear hatred for other yeah. people for not believing what you believe. And you should not exist. <laughs> exactly. Bigotry is a terrible thing. Don't oh, do also it. Indeed. Also, the actual highlight of the story is Jaquavius the Rap God. I was That's about to do a Jaquavius highlight. impression, and then I realized saying the N-word would be a terrible thing. Yes. My yes, neighbor. Imi oh my gosh. Also, imitating a black voice would probably be very offensive. We shouldn't do that, Cole. There are things we shouldn't do. <laughs> What you talking about? This isn't an imitation at all. Oh. I am channeling the spirit of Jaquavius. <sighs> You're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> Let's just end this now. I, uh, <laughs> I hope you all... No, you're not. I hope you all enjoyed my ramblings about gods and stuff. Uh, I'm sorry if you hate my voice and had to endure it for this long. I kind of hate my voice, too, but it's whatever. Yeah, if I, <laughs> if I were speaking throughout this whole episode, I'd probably hate the sound of it, to be honest. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I believe that that will do it for today. Or tonight, technically. We're in Eastern Standard Time, so what time is it, Cole? 10.14 uh, p.m. Wow, it's later than I thought. No, I thought it's earlier than I thought it was. I thought it was 10.30. I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, I have three brain cells. All of them have to do with mythology. Ask me anything else, I'm at a blank. <laughs> mythology and paganism, that's it. 
<laughs> yes. Well, I, I guess you could say that's a fourth brain cell developing, because I'm having a hard time with it right now. It's not brain cell, that's your third eye. <laughs> Open your third eye. Oh, God's almighty. God's almighty. <laughs> that's the spirit. Um, to, to all of you that made it through this episode, good for you. You, you listened to something about mythology. Which is way cooler than Christianity, honestly. <laughs> hey, all I'm gonna say is that mythology can, comes from religions that just aren't practiced anymore. What's gonna happen to modern religions when it's not practiced anymore? Exactly. And we're probably all just gonna nuke each other eventually, and then there will be no more religion at all, and we won't be able to tell stories of old religion. It will simply be the animals taking back the planet that was originally... Precisely. Yeah, um, we we love you, Fox, because you took the time out of your day. That that leads to us enjoying you and shit. And uh, indubitably, maybe next episode I'll like have a Q and A section. Because why the fuck not? Yeah, let's do that. We'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it won't be ninety nine percent me talking next time. Yeah, it'll <laughs> it'll be a good sixty forty, like most of them. That 60 being me because I talk too much about things, unless I don't know them as much, which is why Nathan did all the talking for this one. I suppose we should wrap it up here, so thank you all for listening in once more to our two viewers, our three viewers, four actually. I actually have like ten. Really? Hmm. Well, uh. Hello to our, hello to my dad, hello to Cole's dad, hello to future Nathan, hello to future Cole, and hello to the other six viewers. How are you doing? Hope you having a nice day or night. You cool. Oh, uh, you cool. Quick, quick shout out to, to Lizzie. She's cool. Oh yeah, that's neat. She listens to our podcast now. That's neat, isn't it? Nice. Lizzie, if you're the daughter of Aphrodite, I won't be surprised. Me neither. <laughs> Biological perfection at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. And you say I'm a simp. <laughs> Look, I'm not a simp. I'm just honest with myself. Hey, what can I say? Thank you all for listening in. Hope you had a good time listening to me ramble. And we will catch you on the next episode. But for now, this is Biological Tragedies signing off. And we will see you next time. Have a good day, afternoon, night, dusk, twilight, dawn, whatever. Have a good existence. Y'all yeet.